I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Genesis chapters 46 and 47. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In our last Old Testament reading, Jacob and his boys were reunited with Joseph. So, in this chapter 46, we have Jacob and his 70 head to Egypt. Verse 1, So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here I am. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones, and their wives, and the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him, his sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his descendants he brought with him to Egypt. Now going to Egypt had a family significance. Abraham got into some trouble when he went there back in Genesis chapter 12. He actually ended up getting kicked out. And back in Genesis chapter 26, verse 2, God instructed Isaac not to go into Egypt for famine relief. In this passage, however, Jacob received specific instructions from God to go into Egypt in chapter 46, verse 3. Notice the specific promise renewal to Jacob from God in verse 3, where it says, so he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, saw this day coming when God told him in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. In verses 8 through 27 of chapter 46, we get the accounting of those going down to Egypt. Verse 8. Now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons, who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. The sons of Reuben were Hanuk, Halu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Er, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. But Er and Onan died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Puvah, Job, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Sered, Elon, and Jalael. These were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob in Padan Aram, with his daughter Dinah. All the persons, his sons, and his daughters were thirty-three. 
The sons of Gad were Ziphion, Haggai, Shunai, Esbon, Eri, Aradai, and Areli. The sons of Asher were Jemnam, Ishuah, Isuai, Beriah, and Sira, their sister. And the sons of Beriah were Heber and Malchiel. These were the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and these she bore to Jacob sixteen persons. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, were Joseph and Benjamin. And to Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Azanoth, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. The sons of Benjamin were Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Gira, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel, who were born to Jacob, fourteen persons in all. The son of Dan was Hushim. The sons of Naphtali were Jazael, Gunai, Jezer, and Shalem. These were the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rachel his daughter, and she bore these to Jacob, seven persons in all. All the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt who came from his body, besides Jacob's sons' wives, were sixty-six persons in all. And the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were two persons. All the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were seventy. Altogether, seventy of Jacob's own descendants, counting himself, were in Egypt. That number includes sixty-six who left Canaan with him. Add to that number Jacob himself, Joseph, and his two sons. That gives us the total of 70 found in verse 27. However, you'll notice from verse 26 that this number did not include Jacob's sons' wives who also went into Egypt with them. When they arrive, Judah takes the lead into Goshen under the direction of Jacob. So why Judah instead of Reuben, the oldest? Well, a couple of reasons come to mind. First of all, Judah was the one who took the leadership role in Genesis chapters 43 and 44. He brokered the deals first with Jacob regarding Benjamin and then before Joseph. Judah is really the guy who put the deal together. Secondly, Reuben, Levi, and Simeon, the three older brothers, older than Judah, they had disgraced Jacob previously. Reuben had defiled his stepmother back in Genesis chapter 35, and Simeon and Levi had murdered all the men in Shechem back in Genesis chapter 34. As we'll see when we get over to Genesis chapter 49, verses 3 through 7, Jacob never really got over those actions. Oh, one more possibility comes to mind. Perhaps we're being prepared for the fact that the Messiah will arise from the tribe of Judah. And by the way, that's King David's tribe too, naturally. Here's a point that I find interesting about Jacob's family who went into Egypt. Two of the 70 descendants of Jacob in Egypt were half Canaanite. That was Simeon's son, Shaul, in verse 10, and Judah's third son, Shelah. You'll recall the incident related to us regarding Judah and Tamar in Genesis chapter 38. There's a whole chapter there dedicated to how Canaanite blood was eradicated from the ancestry of King David, though not completely from the tribe of Judah. Judah's third son, Shelah, shows up in Numbers chapter 26, verse 20, after the exodus from Egypt. So the tribes of Israel, well, they weren't completely Canaanite-free at this point. Jacob's family arrives in Egypt in verses 28 to 34, verse 28. 
Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. So Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen your face because you're still alive. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for their occupation has been to feed livestock, and they have brought their flocks, their herds, and all that they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? that you shall say, Your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now, both we and also our father, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians." I'd love to have at least three chapters dedicated to the reunion between Jacob and Joseph. It's only given two verses here in verses 29 and 30. But these two verses, I guess, we'll have to do. Now it's time to manipulate Pharaoh just a bit. We'll see in chapter 47 that the Egyptians end up dwelling in the cities of Egypt before the famine is passed. Joseph sees the need to keep his family separate from the Egyptians, so he devises a plan and he shares it with his family. He'll tell Pharaoh that his family are all shepherds, and they will substantiate that claim when they appear before Pharaoh in chapter 47, verse 3. As a result, Pharaoh will allow them to stay intact with their families and possessions in Goshen, apart from the Egyptian populace. We see in verse 34 that keepers of cattle were the despised class of people in Egypt, Other secular Egyptian literature from that age also demonstrates that the Egyptian caste system placed shepherds at the very bottom of the socioeconomic structure of Egypt. Well, that works out nicely with the land in Goshen being among the best in Egypt and Jacob's family living there all together. We'll see in chapter 47 that at least initially things work out very nicely for Israel and Egypt. Verse 1. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks and their herds, and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock." Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are one hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. They have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt 
in the best of the land in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread, according to the number of their families. Well, we see that Joseph's plan works. Pharaoh asked Joseph's family about their occupation, and they say it's shepherding. Then Pharaoh awards them the land of Goshen and ends up actually letting them have charge over his cattle as well. This land was probably located just east of the Nile River, up near the Mediterranean Sea. Pharaoh and Jacob hit it off from the very start. Jacob even gives a blessing to Pharaoh. Incidentally, you'll notice that Jacob identifies himself as being 130 years old here in verse 9. As a matter of fact, verse 9 is quite helpful in assisting us with several calculations. Here we're told that Jacob is 130 years old at this point in time. From that, we're able to do some interesting calculations regarding the age of Jacob and Isaac back in Genesis chapter 27. If you refer back to that chapter, you'll see where I did some calculations on some ages of people back then. And we see that when Jacob left Isaac and Rebekah for his 20-year stay in Haran, he was 77 years old. And Isaac, by the way, was 137. Go back and look at the passage in Genesis chapter 27 if you'd like more details on those calculations. Now it's time for the implementation of Joseph's plan in verses 13 to 31. Now, there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed." Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle, the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sowed his field, because the famine was severe upon them, so the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priest he did not buy, for the priest had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them, therefore they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households and as food for your little ones. So they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. 
And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priest only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the length of Jacob's life was one hundred and forty-seven years. When the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Then he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. Well, the famine that Joseph had planned for all these years finally begins to have a very severe impact on the land. By the end of this chapter, Joseph has bought everything the Egyptians own in the name of Pharaoh, using for payment the food supply he'd stockpiled. Basically, all Egyptians are slaves of the state, and Joseph moves them to the cities. Everyone in Egypt, with the exception of Jacob's family, they become state civil servants working off commission. They receive as wages 80% of their profits, with 20% going to Egyptian coffers. That's in verse 24. And verse 25 indicates that the people were just happy to be allowed to live. According to verse 26, this 20% flat tax rate remained in effect for quite some time in Egypt, at least several centuries. But verse 27 tells us that Israel retained their possessions, and their possessions multiplied exceedingly. So let's get the picture here. Virtually no one in Egypt owns anything except for Jacob's people. Now, what is it about Abraham's boys? Isaac thought he was about to die, yet he lived another 43 years after that. Now here's Jacob coming into Egypt, talking like he's about to die, and he lives another 17 years. Now he's talking about dying again. But this time he means it. He calls for Joseph and wants a guarantee. Here's what he says. Please let me be buried back in Canaan. Joseph gives his dad that very assurance. He even does so with an unusual ritual that we see in verse 29, that hand under my thigh thing. It's seen only one other time in Scripture, and that's back with Abraham and his servant in Genesis chapter 24, verses 2 and 9. So Jacob was 130 years old when they arrived in Egypt, according to his statement to Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 47, verse 9. And according to verse 28, Jacob dies at the ripe old age of 147. Incidentally, you'll notice in verses 22 and 26 that the priests in Egypt are supported by the state, having been allocated land and food by the government. Likewise, that became the model in Israel after the Exodus. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.